Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mist Rolling In podcast. And as we record, it's a wet, rainy and miserable night. Um, But that doesn't quite reflect our current mood. So strap yourselves in because this could actually be a positive episode. Finally, Jacob, how are you feeling? I'm okay, thank you. Um, uh, So we're recording this on Sunday the 3rd on the back of Saturday the 2nd of October's thrilling away victory um so i'm i'm riding that high i'm riding that high deep into the middle of october for the next international break oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. how how are you very well um relieved excited uh yeah i'm sure we're going into it into much more detail throughout this episode but i'm loving life and uh for once uh, it's been a rarity over the course of the last season or so but i'm actually a bit caught into the international break has arrived so I think that says everything you need to know. Absolutely does. So so diving right in where the, the last episode entitled Hooten Out uh, ended, um, we came out of a midweek misery, which was a defeat to Millsborough, 2-0 at home. And um, they did the right thing. They did, absolutely did the right thing of sacking Chris Hooten. See ya. Um, See ya. Uh, I'm not going to do the standard thing of saying thank you, Chris, for all your work because <laughs> I don't know. You had 39 games to keep us up, which you did, and then you've you know you didn't thrill anyone, mate. So um, all the best. Cheers, all the best. God bless. Um, but yeah, what, what, what were your thoughts on that game? And, and well, you know, do, do you think it came too too late, or do you think it came at the right time? Uh, we won't dwell on the game too much because it was just piss poor. Um, mm. so not memorable for anything other than just being shit um, I don't think it came at the right time I think we should have done it a lot earlier I think last season he kept us up and it was clear that it wasn't really working I'd have got rid of him then myself um, so I think we could have just sort of got rid of him a, a little bit earlier and who knows where we would be right at right now if we'd appointed Cooper a little bit earlier but you know, looking where we're at now, looking at what we had under Hewitt, we've essentially just, you know, let a season, a complete whole season passes by with nothing but mediocrity. And it's been really painful and really boring to watch. So yeah, see you later. I, I think almost very similarly to, to the previous season under Sabri, I can understand why they gave him a couple of games this season, but I feel that first international break is when they should have pulled the, pulled the trigger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But he won't be missed. He will not be missed. He will not be missed. And I don't think he'll get another job. I'd be surprised if he did. Uh, he's obviously got a very good reputation, but uh, off the back of what we've seen is stubbornness and his sort of lack of ability to adjust to any form of identity is I think has done him in. So if he does get another job, I think he'd have to change drastically. But I don't I just don't think he will. Um yeah. I think that is a strange one that even he doesn't accept his own identity if you if you know what I mean. Like it's a if, if you know I think I've said I said this a few times, you know it you know, I, I want to see attractive football, but if you know, if our manager came out and said, "We're gonna, we're gonna win games by not conceding goals," I can, you know, I can, I can get behind that. I can understand it. We don't have the biggest, you know, budget and stuff like that. So, you know, work with what you've got. But, you know, even he 
you know, he tried to say that he you know, yeah. could play good football. So no, didn't watch for me. I ask you this question before we move on from Mr. Chris Hewton, and that is in his games in charge, um, which trying to find out how many Wikipedia suggests 53, 53 games. Mm. Not sure how accurate that is, but we'll take that. 53 games. What could, was there anything that stood out to you? Any moment that excited you that stood out to you in those 53 games? Because to me, I can't really think of one. There was the, there was the brief run. We, it was before we played Derby. And I think if we'd have won that game, we'd have been something daft, like nine points off the playoffs and it might have looked on type thing. It was when Waghorn scored the really good free kick. Yeah. And it was just that game. You kind of went, oh, but that's, uh, yeah, that's the game there, went all um, where I put a five on first to go up, actually. Um, <laughs> that did not go well. <laughs> yeah, so we're flying into what has become something very popular, JJ. Yes. So Hewton went and gone. Uh, see you later. And it was time to appoint a new manager now. I'm going to hold my hands up right here and say Chris Wilder was the man for me. Chris Wilder was the one I wanted. Um, the Steve Cooper appointment wasn't something I was particularly too bothered about because, you know, when you just sort of hate someone for no real reason, um, for some reason, Steve Cooper was was that person for me. Over the course of the years of Forrest playing him, Every time I'm just like that fucker Steve Cooper because they always beat us. They always cut to his bloody face on Sky Sports. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, yeah, I just hated him. And I, I, I hate is a strong word, maybe disliked. Um, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter from Swansea fans saying uh, he plays defensive football, 4 2 3 1. And I was just, I didn't want that again. I can't sit through that shit again. So for me, it was Chris Wilder. Um, and it did not take too long before watching Steve Cooper's football that I thought, holy shit, that six minutes that we've started this game was has been more exciting than anything I've seen in the past year plus. So I hold my hands up and say completely wrong. Um, didn't thrill me when we got him just because of the shit I'd read from Swansea fans, but early sort of thoughts are they were completely wrong. So... Yeah, what what about your thoughts, Jake? What did you think, Steve Cooper coming in? Well, straight off the bat, I was like you. I, I, I wanted Wilder. I mean, I had no issue with with Steve Cooper. He would he would have been a very close second for me. Um, wanted Wilder for very obvious reasons, but looking at it now, it's it feels like a very almost astute decision because you, you kind of look at them, especially with the way that Steve Cooper set his team up so far with the back three and, and the bombing on fullbacks. It does, yeah. So they play a very similar system. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's not too dissimilar from what Wilder does anyway. But the manager that we got has had two successive playoff finishes with a team with no money, whereas the Chris Wilder has just had one of the second worst Premier League season of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, we've got the manager. I, I, I mean, I'm looking at, I don't know what happened with Steve Cooper at Swansea, but right now, thank you very fucking much. And yeah, I just, I, I, I didn't hear any of the, um, he plays negative football kind of talk. I, it always struck me as somebody, cause I, I, I remember watching his England and 17s team won the World Cup with Phil Foden and Ryan Brewster and all those players. And, um, 
yeah, I, 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 you know, it wasn't it wasn't the number one choice for me, but he was was I don't know, it was, it was a very good runner up, so yeah. wasn't wasn't disappointed. But it didn't take him long to completely prove me wrong, and I just want to say before Steve Cooper came in, um, the the work that Stephen Reed did. When when I first found out that Stephen Reed was <clears throat> sort of caretaker manager for that one game against Huddersfield, I immediately jumped to, "What is the point? He's Hewton sort of B man. He's just going to play the same system as Hewton. I can't be bothered to see that same shit formation again." But what he did, he got sort of the best out of us with the change of formation, and I think that has really sort of drawn Cooper in to continue on that. He always said in his interviews, we need to draw on that strength. So I think that one game under Stephen Reid has actually been one of our most important games um, and formation changes that we've had in years. So I just want to say GG, Stephen Reid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll come on to the results now following Steve Cooper's appointment. and But I think we need to start with that uh, Huddersfield away win. Because if you, if anyone had listened to Steve Cooper's interview with the Forest Facebook page after last night's win against Birmingham, he, I, I don't know if he threw that in there as a, on purpose or if it was a, some, admitting something he shouldn't have been admitting, but he said that he'd been in charge for four games. And that, that means that he was in charge for the Huddersfield game. And look at it now. They played the formation he wants to play. They played the exact same oh, team he wants I to play. I see what you mean. Yeah, Shenanigans. And apparently he took the training on the, he was announced on the Tuesday, wasn't he? And he'd already taken the training on the Monday, apparently. So, Interesting. Um, I didn't read into that. When I he said be... that he said that was his first game in charge, mm. I thought you meant that he was just trying to be like part of the team spirit. I didn't think you actually yeah. really picked the formation and stuff. So in yeah. fact, Stephen Reed, you did fucking nothing. It was all Cooper. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have been surprised, too surprised to find out if we found out now that Steve Cooper was somewhere in the... Uh, whatever generic northern brand stadium name that Huddersfield have now. St. John Smith's, um, not St. John. John Smith's. St. John. John's Ambulance Stadium. <laughs> um, but yeah, so following that, he had his first home game against Millwall, which, I mean, f- from the outside looking in, kind of, we can see the proverbial Matt Smith header. Yeah. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. We then score the world's flukiest equaliser. Love it. Which as well, shout out to Max Lowe for not actually properly celebrating. Like, that is top user behaviour. Because there's been so many people who would go fucking bar me about that. Yeah. He actually, Colin Frey picked up on it on commentary. He actually sort of put his hands up to apologise to the other side of the pitch Mm. for not crossing it to them. You know, it's almost like a... Like when a tennis player hits the net in it, that's what it's yeah. not. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, but I can't do nothing about that part. Yeah. But, um, ben Stokes in the yeah. Cricket World Cup final. Well, he won't apologise, was it? <laughs> he was getting in grills. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that game, I mean, uh, you've already you've already touched on it a little bit, saying that that first six minutes, we were messing each other like, Jesus, what the fuck is this? This is unreal. Yeah. And I think against teams like Millwall, if you're trying to play good football, that, that's always going to happen. I think if we'd have managed to get an early goal, I mean, obviously only playing really well for six minutes isn't good enough, but if we'd have managed to get an early goal, I think we could have crumbled them. Yeah. Um, but the, the, that Mill or that kind of team, especially away from home, they're going to grow into a game. They're going to put stop you. Um, so, I, I, you know, I would prefer to win for obvious reasons, but just, I'm not too dissatisfied. No, just the brief moments of... It's been so long since I've seen Forest counter-attack and generally got excited. Like we had it a lot under Sabri 
and it was excited. Mm. Sort of dwindled towards the end of his his time here, which is a shame, but just the exciting attacking football that we saw in brief spells in that game, I was like, fucking hell, this is what I've missed. And it, mm. it really got me sort of instantly on board with sort of everything Cooper's about because I thought if we can, even if we ship a few goals, even if we get a, a draw, but we have few spells of excitement, that that's what makes football interesting. So yeah, I was fully yeah. on board from sort of early doors in that game and I just wish I was at the city ground to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, moves us nicely into the Barnsley away game, which had the, uh, had the, yeah, kind of typical what we've come to expect, expect start from Tobias Figueredo. But even even when we were talking about it, even even when that goal went in, I wasn't unhappy because of what what they were trying to do. And the the most impressive thing for me was the fact that they didn't just fall to bits. Mm. They just went, that's a setback, let's just carry on what we're doing. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. We scored great goals. You know, we had huge away following. The manager's going fucking barmy after the final whistle. You know, Lewis Graben scored a goal. Alex Mighton's run to set that up. Incredible. Jesus, lordy Incredible. me. Threw two people, literally threw them like they weren't there. So, I mean, I know you were otherwise occupied that night. And um, that, sound, that makes it sound yeah. questionable. We're, of a girl with five colours in her hair. I, was, I, was like, I don't know if this is worse, actually. I don't know if the questionable bit maybe is worth just keeping because my real answer is probably worse. I was at a McFly gig. And you know what? I'm proud of it. But on the downside, I did get to miss Forest win. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Shambles. But, but obviously, suppose- it, nice. It was a good, it was a good performance. A good performance. And, yeah, it was. Yeah, the highlights, I- looking back, um, just each each goal was an absolute banger. Yeah, we punished them. We absolutely, absolutely punished them on the counter attack. Mm. Part of me thinks of this, like any other time under Forest in the last few years, if we concede a goal, I'm like, right, well that says then we've lost. We're not Written coming off. back to yeah. this. However, when I was watching the Birmingham game um, and from the Barnsley game, we concede a goal, and I sort of think. Actually, you know, Birmingham hit the post. And I was thinking, from what I'm looking at here, if we go a goal down, I'm not really that bothered because I think we've got enough in us to get a few back. And hmm. and I, that's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, moving us into the Birmingham game, Lewis Graven's goal. <laughs> Good Lord. Fuck, Good like, Lord. I, like the- oh, God. What a rough! I was, I was, I was watching it on my phone uh, and trying to think what I was doing at the same time. I was at my, I was at my parents, um, trying to control a, a mental two-year-old. Um, and I kind of looked down and I saw him when he did the kind of half fake shot first, and then uh, because my stream must be a little bit behind, I got a message from JJ that flashed up saying something like, "All oh, my fucking life." Yeah, I, um, I was, as, as it hit the back of the net. I was watching that move <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, we're on here." And he just yeah. seemed to carry on, and I was like, "Man, come on, Grant, you're better than that. Pass the ball, fuck you now. What a go!" It's just like Jesus. Um, but that's that's the thing you can't buy though, because we were under the cosh. They'd already hit the post. Yeah, 
they were, they were, you know, fair play to them. They were playing well. You know, I, we were still playing well on the on the counter and being solid defensively. But you know, when they got forward, even even that early in the game, being under you know being under that much pressure to start off with, it's having it's having being told by your manager go and fucking do something, yeah. which is something that was that never ever happened under Hooter, never. No. And uh, you know, yesterday I think. I've given Graben a hard time for the last sort of few months, year, whatever you want to call it. Just seemed so disinterested and seemed almost like a waste of a shirt and people debating, is his time gone? Credit where credit's due. Since Cooper's come in, you know, he's looked phenomenal. Um, Yesterday, he was so good. And when Taylor came on, you sort of missed Graben's impact on the game. Ryan Yates... I mean, it's not news to anyone that a lot of Forest fans have given him shit over the years. He looked fantastic. Colback did not want I mean, to see him in the squad. He looked great. Breeze just flying back onto Ryan. Oh, on. Just flying back onto Ryan Yates real quickly before you touch on, on Breeze. But right, that's not the same player. No, that's not the same. That is not the same player. Yeah, he scored ahead he of goal, be. which is unreal. Fifty well, he PM passes the ball. Passes the ball forwards. Yeah. Passes the ball forwards. Um, but sorry, sorry, yeah. Back up, yeah, you're on Bruce Samba. Yeah, Bruce Samba. I mean, it's not won't be news to anyone that's listened to this podcast that over the last few weeks we're sort of saying, you know, get Samba out for a bit, get Horvath in mm-hmm. because he's sloppy, he's making mistakes, wasn't quite right. But for me, some of the saves he made yesterday were unreal. Like he kept us in the game. Like we did all this fantastic attacking. Yeah, that's fine. Some of the saves he made were just incredible. That headed uh, save at, towards the end, mm. just unbelievable. So that was prime Leeds United at home, Bruce Samba. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We were like, we miss, we're missing these players playing like that, like Colback, Yates, Graben, Bruce Samba. Just unreal. Hopefully, one day it happens to Fig and he becomes an actual good player. But um, we're not going to moan. I, th- it's I think it's positive. So I'll say. Although, uh, Aside from the penalty against Barnsley, I, I thought he was... I'm not going to say he was good by any stretch of the imagination because I think he's definitely the weak link at that back three. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that as soon as Rodrigo Eli can play, he will play. Yeah. But he, he didn't do anything wrong in the Birmingham game. True. And he didn't do another thing wrong in the Barnsley game. So Yeah. I just think credit where credit's due. Like, we give these players stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're proving us wrong. Yeah. Absolutely playing really well so it gets me really excited as as to what's to come absolutely and what is to come is the uh, Blackpool game which is after the international break which me uh, young Joshua here and uh, dearest Michelle will be attending yeah my my mum's taking me and Jake about for a a lovely day at the famous city ground yes she is and um yeah, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a very interesting game against a team that are obviously, you know, not not the best um, at home. I think this is this could be a, if we if we can go out and put three, you know, like put three past Blackpool at home. I think that's a huge statement because this is the kind of game where we could get bogged down again, like the Millwall game, because yeah. you know we're at home. We're the ones who are expected to attack, so we can't counter-attack. So it's all about the football we play. So I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see um, a switch to a 4-2-3-1, the next attacking player rather than the, the back three. 
Interesting. Um, I understand. I understand why they did it against Millwall because of Matt Smith, although it didn't really pay off. But you know, we we needed that extra man at the back. Yeah, I suppose. But against Blackpool at home, I wouldn't be surprised to see the extra attacking player. Yeah, the extra forward player. But then you know, we I, I thought we lost. Um, was the Barnsley game, wasn't it? When he took, um, obviously you didn't watch it, but he took um, Figueredo off for Graben. Right. Obviously it had a huge, super, huge positive impact, but where it did uh, have a negative impact, in my opinion, was it kind of stopped Jed Spence and Max Lowe getting forward. Yeah. So there's, you know, swings and roundabouts because we still won the game and it was arguably that decision that did it. But I, I'm, you know, yeah. I think you're the same as well. Jed Spence and Max Lowe, we need yeah. to sign them in January. The second that that second hand ticks over into 2022, they need to be at the fucking city ground signing the contract. Yeah, I think Jed Spence sounds like it might be a bit harder because he's just uh, signed a contract for us for this year. But how on earth we like? I've we are so like we were so forth in back, and I still am. The player's fantastic. We wanted to see him. We saw this Jed Spence as a fucking such a waste of a of a signing. Mm. A really random one from Middlesbrough to let us have him as well. But holy shit, like him and Max Lowe, the impact they've had on the team has been unbelievable. Like they're so well adapted to this system. They give mm-hmm. us that just extra dynamic. Like we, we yeah. like you say, we just we just need to sign them. They're, they are so good. I think apparently Jed Spence is something to do with Neil Warnock. So yeah. if Warnock's at Middlesbrough in January, which is questionable right now, then... They could. They, I imagine there could be a chance of signing him. Yeah, he said but, it's um, to his attitude, but I mean, he looks like he's willing to play and looks good to me. So his attitude seems fucking excellent to me. Uh, I, um, um, yeah. <laughs> but back onto what's coming up. Um, I, I mean, it's a shame that we have this international break now because we're getting rhythm. You know, we're a team that's high in confidence right now for the back of these last four games. However, on the flip side, two weeks with actual training with Steve Cooper, I know they've basically yeah. just done game preparation over the course of his time here at the minute. Looking forward to seeing how we start the game against Blackpool. A bit of a rest, mm. some actual training with, with Steve Cooper, trying to integrate his ideas. And already the team's identity, and I mean, we, we're playing with an identity, um, to sort of rephrase that because we weren't before, but already we look like we've got sort of life pumped into us. So I'm really interested to see if that continues and, and how that continues. However, one caveat, we can't lose our heads if we do lose one game. We're very oh, yeah, notorious for sure, that as far as sure. fans. And I think this has given me sort of excitement enough to think if we lose the, the game, just give it time we'll pick up the points yeah yeah absolutely I mean I I would encourage anyone who hasn't to listen to Ryan Yates's interview on the on the Forest Facebook page after the Birmingham game it's he basically admitted that right now he'd prefer to be in training than have a day off yeah that's how much he's enjoying it and you know I for that reason I think the international breaks come at a great time because they've got you know four four good results in the bag in a row um, three of those away matches they've come in they've now got two weeks all together apparently Steve Steve Cooper in his interview said that he's going to give them a bit of a break as well because it's been a bit of a traumatic time so you know they're going to be well rested they're going to have 
you know, loads of new thoughts and ideas in the head. And apparently, the, you know, they're all on board. And yeah, I would definitely give that Ryan Yates an interview, interview a listen because yeah, I think he said something, something along the lines of he would sacrifice his whole would, life to win games for this football club. To win games, not, not, not titles, not playoffs, not championships, not trophies, a fucking game he would give his life to. So, you know, it, it, and and um, tactically as well, he was talking about how playing with the back three allows him to be 10, 15 yards further at the pitch into getting his places where he wants to be. Because he's 10, 15 yards further at the pitch, he can push Brennan and Zinkenagel. And so it just, everything he said, it's like Jesus fucking Christ, a light bulb's turned on. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, you know, I, I was in control of our, our um, Twitter page on Wednesday night and I was saying, you know, like, what, what the fuck is fucking Ryan Yates passing like passing like Zidane because he was it was unbelievable so you know if we, if we can get a few more of those light bulbs on is you know yeah. we're still what are, we, what are we now eight points off the playoffs well yeah I was, that was my next question before we carry on I just want to say I feel like I've missed them out uh, Mike and Zink and Argel, Lolly and Johnson all are fantastic and any combination of that front three alongside Graben I think mm. should terrify championship defences however Brings it back. What did you say? How many points at the playoffs are we? Eight, apparently. Woof. Do you think, do you think, can we dream? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, why not? That's the, I mean, that's, this, this is the, I mean, we, we've, we've both said on this podcast that he said this, they sacked him too late, but you know, it's only, it's the 3rd of October, isn't it? So why the fuck not? Yeah. So was it Roy Keane? He got Sunderland promoted. They were bottom when he took over, or sort of bottom when he took over, and then he won, he won the actual league. So, so why not? Where so sorry, seven points off the playoffs. Right. It's not even not even eight. So it's like two and a half, two wins and a draw. Um, I'm looking at the top of the league. I mean, yeah, Bournemouth from Bournemouth for 14 points ahead of us. They've had a well, Bournemouth, West Brom, Fulham not so much recently, but yeah. Bournemouth West Brom had a wonderful start to the season, haven't they? So, yeah. I mean, look at Coventry on 22. That's, that's crazy. That sums up the championship. Ma- manager that plays good football and they stick with him. That's back back the manager. That's what you got right there. Yeah. Although they did just get battered um, 5-0. Yeah. They smashed Fulham 4-1. Yeah. They got battered by Luton 5-0. So the championship yeah. is... That was awesome. all the way around. They got tumped and then did the tumping. Yeah. Wild, so they wild. bounced back. Just wild. Um but yeah, like yeah. I thought this season was dead and buried. Uh, mm. Thought it was way too late to unfair. Sat to it and uh, way too late. But it is on. Like over the course of the championship season to come, seven points you can make that up. It's a crazy beast. So you know, let me just find something on that someone put just, on Twitter. Um, just while you're looking for that, JJ, we've we've glazed over something that's happened. Oh, go on, JJ, go on. We've glazed over something that's happened. Go on. Um, and up until Steve Cooper was appointed, it was the best thing that was going to happen to our season. It's that Derby County received oh, yeah. a 12 point deduction. Almost forgot with about Im- that. With, a, with an imminent nine point deduction. Feels so good. So, yeah, don't want to revel in that too much because they're already in positive. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it, was, it was looking like. When Derby got those points, we were like one win away from them or two wins away from them overtaking us. And I was thinking, oh God, please, please know if they yeah. go above us after having minus 12, that is the most embarrassing thing ever. 
but thankfully yeah. not. I, I, you say there's they've got more points in common. Uh, yeah, apparently another nine deduction for overspending the same the same nine points that Reading are getting. Apparently, God, the like the fact that this is happening just speaks volumes for really shit owners. So we've got to be. Whilst we criticise them for a lot of really shit decisions, at least they pay the bills. At least they keep the lights on. And even as back as Forrest Fawaz, I mean, I hate I hate the guy now. He did wrong by us, blah, 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 blah. But we, uh, you know, we were in transfer embargoes and stuff like that, but we never got a points deduction. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it never, it was never this bad. Yeah. Um, You're not wrong. And, you know, fair play to the geezer. But yeah. Well, did you find your thing on Twitter, JJ? I did, I did. It was from Wigham Charm. Um, but this yeah. is either a very fun or depressing fact. Steve Cooper has been in charge for three matches. If they win the next game, we can go 13th, which is higher than Chris Hutton ever managed to get Forrest <laughs> in more than 50 games and 11 months in charge. <laughs> Mental. That, that is that that kind of summarizes i think i said it when he took over because uh, you know you were looking back on our chat from the time when chris Hutton took over and we were saying you know we're not too, you know we're not too disappointed by the appointment but i think i said that even if he saved us even if he got us promoted even if he stabilized in the premier league it would always come back to the fact that he doesn't play our football he doesn't match our brand yeah and it was never, you know, he could be our manager for five years. The second anything goes wrong, everyone will turn on him. Yeah. It would always, it was always going to end that way. So, and it's you know, been, I think that's off the back it. of that, it's been amazing to see the positivity get injected into Forest fans again and embrace Steve Cooper like Chris Hutton. <laughs> Over the course of the time he's been there, I know there weren't fans in the stadium, but when there was, certainly was no no one singing his name I think the only real chance he had was you getting sacked in the morning for quite a few weeks where I was just saying Stevie Cooper you know the fans have embraced him and you know you play good football you play attacking football you give us identity and the fans will reward you with loyalty and it's nice to see that happening yep and he's got a track history of playing youth team players and we have the best academy in the fucking world so yeah you know, and I, you know what, I know it's only been four games and the Millwall game, you know, at times was a tough watch, but yeah. the Barnsley and Birmingham games, if we're going to play like that, I can take eight, I can take 10th place every season. Yeah. Just for if a bit we of go, If we go what we're going to, yeah, if we go what we're going to get a fucking hide in, you know what I mean? We're, we're, I, I, you know, yeah, it is the promised land. Would I love to see us in the Premier League? Of course I would, but I don't know. It, you know, it's just to see us play like that, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and I would say it's sort of glossed over. There's a lot of uh, negativity towards the ownership, Rentos. Um, yeah, they've had some massive failings. Um, however, this is a good appointment. And I think come January, that transfer window, if all goes well, if we carry on playing as we are, that transfer window could be massive for us. Yep. So, yep. I mean, interested to see how the rest of the season develops. And, a few weeks ago, I'd never catch myself saying that. So, yeah, positivity is back. Yeah. And I'm actually looking forward to the next Forest game. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm hopefully, I'm really looking forward to watching that Brian Ajeda play. Yeah, yeah. That uh, young Paraguay lad apparently played in the under-23s, didn't he, for Andy Reid? Yeah, it'd night, be good so. to get a few of those players in. I think there's Rodrigo Eli, you know, he can slot in instead of mm. Figs. But, it's, you know, as Figs kept his place, you've got 
Ajada, but you've got Yates and Colback playing well at the minute. You know, Garner's probably going to come back fighting after getting dropped. So that'll be an interesting one. Uh, Silver, I don't know what's happened to him. Um, interested to see what that situation Yeah, he's not even is. been on the bench, has he? He came on, didn't he, for the Middlesbrough game yeah. and had that one shot that literally went out for a throw-in. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, big, that, was, that, that, that smelled of a panic buy about it, didn't it? Big Nuno de Costa vibe. So, interested to yes, see where, yeah. when these players can actually play after the quarantine and what happens there. We've got the... Oh, we've got Drager as well at right back, but, you know, I wouldn't... Um, Sack Spence off for him at the moment. As we've I said, mean, Spence I'd actually cut off. my own right foot off for to sign Jed Spence on the permanent. So. Wow, that's traumatic. But I'll I'll cut my I left would. one off. You can have your right, <laughs> which is uh, two more feet than Silver seems to have. So, um, yeah, I guess that's actually been a relatively positive episode, which is quite astounding. So, I'll leave you to to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I can't, I'm trying to struggle to think of anything negative right now, apart from the daunting figure of Matt Smith playing up front. Yeah. But um, we've played him once, so we only have to play him again. Um, I, I think we'll leave it with a... What score do you think the Blackpool game will be, JJ? Uh, I'm thinking positive attacking. I'm thinking a 3-0 win at home against Blackpool. Yes, please. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a slightly more conservative 2-0. Um, that's the only time I'm ever going conservative. So thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for joining us. If you're listening again, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, you're it. You're it.